0: Welcome to the broadcast of Crosstown Church of Memphis. We are a church that is Christ-centered, diversity-driven, and community committed. A church that's bringing people together, sharing God's message of hope, love, and service. We seek to love God, love people, and serve the city. We welcome you to our broadcast with Pastor Byron Fitzpatrick.
1: Well, today we are continuing a teacher series that we started uh, three weeks ago or two weeks ago. Today is now the third, uh, third week. So we're on part three of a series that's titled Find a Direction. And uh, the subtitle today is called Trust in the Process. And so we are going to continue this series. And, you know, uh, there's a question. So the series is kind of based off of a question that I get asked all the time a lot, especially as being a pastor, I get asked the question all the time. And that is, how do you know what God wants you to do? You know, how do you find direction or how you find out which direction to go when you feel like, you know, God is trying to push you somewhere, or you have these decisions that you have to make, these major decisions, you know, major or minor decisions that you have to make. And, you know, we all want to make the right decision. We all want to go in the right direction, but sometimes uh, uh, these decisions come and we struggle. We're trying to make the right decision. We struggle with trying to find, you know, the right direction. You know, we live in a world today where making decisions it's not as easy as it used to be it seems like years ago it was it was it wasn't as complicated as it is today see today is far more complicated in making the right decision far more complicated in finding the right direction because the world just seems like it has just so many different things so many more moving parts in it than what it used to have. you know um one of the things that one of the things that you know we deal with today is a lot seem like a lot of people are, are more indecisive than what they used to be. Can you guys <laughs> attest to that? People are far more indecisive than what they used to be. You know, I tell my wife all the time that she just, she's very indecisive. I'm like, just make a decision. You know, it's not that hard. It's not that complicated. Complicated. Just decide, make a decision. Okay. And once you make a decision, just go with it. All right. Uh, people, they go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, trying to figure out, you know, what decision to make, trying to figure out which direction to go. Um, here's something here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share something with you before I actually get into the meat of the word for today. Share something with you. Have you ever heard of this thing called over-programming kids? So there's, this such, there's this thing, you know, it's like, if, if we live, well, we are living long enough, but there's so much information out there and so much new stuff and so many things, so much stuff that's changing, so many new development stuff. There's this thing now that's called over kids. You know, and so I'll try to help you understand. When I was a kid, when you guys, when we were all when we were all kids, our parents would tell us, they would tell us to go outside, you know, go outside and play, go outside and play. And it will be like early in the morning, you know, as soon as we finish eating breakfast, as soon as we finish, you know, uh, uh, cleaning up the house or doing whatever we needed to do, it's like get out, you know. And so we would be outside. As kids, we would be outside all day long, all day long. And during that time, we were constantly making decisions. All throughout the entire day while we're outside constantly making decisions we were making decisions about what we're going to play you know we're gonna we're gonna play kickball we're gonna play tag um you know freeze tag hopscotch i know y'all guys remember these games touch football for the guys at least you know and we try to get some girls to play with us every now and then touch football you know but uh hide and go seek you know red light green light you know we will play all these different games and we can go on and on and on i'm sure you guys can think about all types of games that you that you played as well you know every now and then you know we'll walk to the store we'll all get together put our money together and we we'll walk to the store oh man we got enough money to buy, buy a big old bag of chips and a soda all right we'll buy a big old bag of chips <laughs> and a soda and share that walk up to crystals or Toss barbecue or mcdonald's get a burger and some fries you know and um you know the list goes on and on of the things that we were deciding to do throughout the day and we would do this all day until what until the street lights came on because we know what that meant right when the street lights came on it was time to go home right today today here's the thing all right so today people tell their kids what to do without giving them much freedom to decide what to do for themselves all right and, and it's it's crazy though because it seems like we live in a society where people are encouraged or parents are encouraged to let the kids decide for themselves more than what we used to experience. Although that's something that's encouraged and you know, in parenting today, the reality is that it's, it's, it doesn't happen. In reality, we were making more decisions. We, were, we weren't encouraged to make a whole bunch of decisions. We were forced to get out the house, go outside. And we had to make, we had no choice. We had to make a decision. Kids today, they are programmed. They're program they're not given a whole lot of decisions they're encouraged to as parents you're encouraged to give the kids a lot of but it doesn't happen this is what happens you tell your kids what to do without giving them a whole bunch of decisions what to uh, you know a whole bunch of freedom of decision so today kids are they on their they're on their phones they're on their tablets they're on their computers they're on a gaming system they don't watch television you know think about most kids today most kids today don't even watch tv because all their TV and entertainment is on their cell phones and on tablets and stuff like that. You know, they don't play outside. Very rarely do kids go outside. If they go outside, they can't leave the yard. You know, when we went outside, man, we went out. Man, we was like, man, we go five, <laughs> 10 miles away from home. You know, <laughs> I get on the bus when I got to junior high school. I got on the bus, man. I was on the other side of town. Man, I don't know what I was doing. I'm getting on this bus. Let's go. You know. And uh, we was we was all over the place. I was all and by the time I reached junior high, I was all over the city on my own. Nobody knew where I was at. I just got on that bus and went. <laughs> and uh, kids don't even go outside today. You know, if you let these kids outside today in their own neighborhoods, they will probably get lost. Take them a block away from their house, tell them to get home, find their way home. They'll probably get lost. So they don't have a whole lot. You know, their program. Kids today have been over-programmed to the point where they aren't making a whole lot of decisions for themselves. They don't exercise what you call this exercise or practice, what's called making their own decision, decision decision-making. So the decision-making skills is not as strong as the decision-making skills that we used to have, all right? They make a whole bunch of decisions, but it seems like a whole bunch of all the decisions they make are stupid and dumb decisions. I know y'all can agree with me. So they don't they don't exercise, they don't get an opportunity to really exercise their decision-making skills like we did. Once we went outside, once we went outside for the day, we were making our own decisions all day long until it was nighttime to come in the house. All right. We had to figure it out for ourselves. We had no adults helping us to figure out these things. You know what I mean? And 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 when we did this, we did this together as a community of kids. We didn't have a. I mean, you know, we had arguments and bickering back, bickering here and there. And, but when it came to figuring out what to do, we would all do it together. And it seemed like we did it together as a community of kids. You know, you know, kids today, they don't have to. Uh, uh, kids today don't have to because everything is programmed for them. Mm-hmm. Over programming kids. So when they're in a decision, when they're in a place where they have to make a decision, they're indecisive mm-hmm. because they haven't really exercised their decision-making skills. They don't know what to do. What do I do? What do I do? What do I do? you lost. My grandma, my grandma used to say this one time. She said, Boy, you uh, you like a lost ball in tall weeds. Uh yeah, like a lost ball in tall weeds. You can't can't find your way out. I remember one time I got I got lost in a cornfield. Stalks was over my head. I'm running. We we in the cornfield playing tag and I got lost in the cornfield. I did find my way out though, because I ain't had no help. Nobody came to rescue me. By the time I got out, all the kids had left and went and did something else. I'm like, dang, nobody even came to look for me. Nobody came to rescue me. Uh, so there are a lot of reasons. There are a lot of reasons why people struggle with being indecisive. People people just go back and forth, back and forth, trying to figure out the thing. You know, the question is, how do we become more decisive in our decision making? How do we become more decisive when it comes to making decisions, when it comes to finding the right direction? Just decide. So what I want to talk about today is trusting God's process. All right. Trusting God's process. So if you're taking notes, I want you to write that down. Again, I told you the subtitle for today is trust the process. All right. So we're going to be talking about today trusting God's process so turn to the book of Acts if you have your Bibles open uh, or if you have your phones or whatever you use and turn to the book of Acts chapter 20 and verse 22 through 24 is what we're going to be looking at this is the Apostle Paul um actually this is um I think this was John that uh, there's been some controversy or not controversy but some debate about who actually wrote the book of Acts whether it was Peter or John um one of them wrote the book of Acts but anyway, they're talking I think it was John but anyway, they're talking to talking about a situation here and they're talking about a situation with with the Apostle Paul, okay? So what happens here Paul is traveling and he's traveling all over the, you know the, the, the region during this particular time he's uh, 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 in Ephesus. Ephesus is a, a ancient Greek city, okay? He's in Ephesus and he's been going around to Rome and Greece and est- <clears throat> establishing churches. Building up churches, training up ministers, training up leaders, training up elders for people to run these different churches because churches are popping up or people are becoming believers all over the place, right? So he got established and organized all these people and these churches. So he's in Ephesus. So while he's in Ephesus and he's on the mission field and he's traveling around preaching and, and setting up and starting new churches, we come to a place here in chapter 20 of the book of Acts, all right? And we're going to be reading 20 through 22 Uh, through 24, and Paul says this. Again, after he's traveling from city to city, from different places, he ends up, uh, he he, he comes to a place where he's in Ephesus, all right? In Ephesus, he says this. He says, and now, compelled by the Spirit, I am going to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me there. I only know that in every city, the Holy Spirit warns me that prison and hardships are facing me, However, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and to complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. Amen. Paul, he loved where he was at and he loved what he was doing. All right. He's traveling around Greece. He's traveling around Rome. He's uh, preaching. Uh, new com- new people, are beco- people are becoming new believers. You know, they're converting to, to, to believing in Jesus Christ and his message, the good news of, of, of the grace of God. People are getting this message. Churches are being established. Ministers are being risen up. Elders and, and, and leaders in the church are being risen up. He's 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 excited about this work. He's happy about this work. He's fine where he's at. But here he's at this place where even though he's doing good, he loves what he's doing. He's feeling compelled by the Holy Spirit to go to Jerusalem. All right. He's in a good place. But now he's he's like, man, I, 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 I," he says right here in, in verse number 22, he said, and now compelled by the Holy Spirit, I am going to Jerusalem. I want to, you know, again, we're talking about trusting the process, trusting God's process. We we're we're, we're wanting, we want to know what decision should we make. We want to know which direction should we go. These times in our lives, we're trying to figure out to how we make the right decision. We want to go the right direction. And so we want to talk about trusting God's process. And I'm going to give you four steps today to help you in trusting God's process. So write these things down, okay? The first step is this. First step is to keep track of my time, Marguerite. The first step is this right here. All right. Um, uh, The Spirit's prompting. Number one, the Spirit's prompting. Paul says says that he was compelled by the Spirit to go to Jerusalem. To be compelled is to have a really strong feeling of being pushed. He had the strong feeling that the Holy Spirit was pushing him all right. To go to Jerusalem, to leave Ephesus and to go to Jerusalem. You ever been in a swimming pool, you know, been at the swimming pool and you are standing there on the banks of the pool and you're just kind of taking in the sun. The, the sun feels good beaming off your body. You know, you're watching everybody in the pool. They're swimming and having a great time. And it, it's just a beautiful time. You just stand there minding your own business. Then all of a sudden you get this strong push. Somebody can come up behind you and just push you in the back. And here you go flying into the swimming pool. You ever had that happen to you before? Well, I'm not talking about that type (laughs) of push, okay? I'm not talking about that type of push. I'm talking about a different type of a push. I'm talking about the type of push that you just have this strong feeling about something. You have the strong feeling deep down on the inside of you about something. You can't really explain it. You just know it's there. It's like, you know, the stars and the moon has all lined up. They're all aligned and they're all aligned just right in in your favor. All right. It's like, you know, all these, 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 there's just too many ironic coincidences that's happening. Right. You know, people say to this day, you know, you can't make this stuff up. There's stuff that's going on. You you just can't make this stuff up, man. It's got to be, you know, something happening here. There's got to be some meaning to this thing. You know, that strong push, that strong urge being compelled. We need to always be sensitive to the Holy Spirit because at any given moment when you least expect it, he'll begin to push you in a certain direction, whether you, you may or may not have seen it coming. So we always gotta be sensitive to the Holy Spirit because we never know when he's gonna start pushing us in a certain direction. There may be an opportunity that just came your way or recently came your way and you're trying to figure out what does God want you to do? Maybe God has placed somebody on your heart and he wants you to help them, or he wants you to get involved in something that they got going on in their lives, you know? Maybe, you know, you're trying to figure out if it's time for you to leave that job, or maybe you're trying to figure out, is it time to move, or time to buy a new car? Is it time to go back to school, or to leave that dead-end relationship that you've been in for so long? Maybe you're trying to figure out if this is the right time to have another child or not. I hope y'all ain't planning on having no more kids, all right? Okay. Anyway, <laughs> hey, I know, right? We ain't trying to handle no more. No. But whatever that thing is, you just feel a strong push. Amen. Paul said, compelled by the spirit. He's going to do what? He said, I am going to Jerusalem. When the Holy Spirit prompts you, trust that this is a part of God's process. All right. This is a part of the process. Just a small piece. It's the beginning. It's the part of the process. Amen. So that's number one prompting of the holy spirit number two number the second step in trying to figure out you know uh, uh or to help you and trust in trusting the process is this it's um a certain uncertainty there's this thing called certain uncertainty amen paul he goes on to say he says not knowing what will happen to me not knowing he got he said i am compelled by the holy spirit I am going to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me there, not knowing me. He don't know. The Holy Spirit is calling him to go, but he doesn't have any details. One of the reasons that we struggle with trusting God's process is that we don't have any details. You know, I remember years ago, I was watching the uh, television show Star Trek. I used to be, a, I used to be what you call a Trekkie, right? Tricky. <laughs> and, uh, and actually, for a period of time, me and Marguerite both were Trekkies mm-hmm. together. But I remember watching Star Trek years ago and Captain Kirk and his whole crew, they had visited this planet and at this planet. There were some things going on. I can't remember all the details about there's some things going on this planet. But this planet was in trouble. And these people trying to figure out how to save their planet. And so Captain Kirk and his crew, they showed up and they helped them deal with some of the issues, some of the things that they were they were struggling with that, that that was putting their planet in danger. Right. And these people, they weren't this planet. These people weren't as advanced as Captain Kirk was and his whole crew, right? They wasn't advanced as, as, you know, the Enterprise people. So they helped them out. Once they helped them out throughout their situation that they was dealing with, they were getting ready to leave. And, and Spock, you guys remember Spock, you know, Spock says that he said, I wish that we can leave them some of our advanced information and technology to help them, you know, to continue the work that, that they've started here. And Captain Kirk said, he said, we cannot leave them this information. We cannot leave them any technology because it will probably do them more harm than it would do them good. In other words, if they got this advanced information, if they got this advanced technology ahead of time, if they got it too soon, it might do them more harm than it would do them some good. Amen. We wish that God would just tell us the details because that would make it so much easier for us to do what? Make the right decision. God knows that too much information or too many details will probably do us more harm than it would actually do good. Mm-hmm. If he gave us the details up front, there would be no need for us to do what? It would be no need for us to trust him. Mm-hmm. If he just gave us all the details up front, all the information right up front, we, we wouldn't have to trust him. Amen? there will be no period of growth and learning if he gave, just gave us everything right up front. If you knew all the details, guess what? You might not say yes to God. If you knew all the details, you'd be like, mm, no, nah, I ain't doing that God. We're going you know, you, you don't made a mistake right here If you knew the pain and the hardship that lies ahead, you probably would go a different direction, a different direction. You guys remember a guy by the name of Jonah in the Bible? God told Jonah to go to Nineveh, right? Jonah, Jonah, he chooses to go a different direction instead of going to Nineveh. He rejected what God was calling him to do. Instead, he, instead of going to Nineveh, he went in the opposite direction. He headed to this place, this uh, this town called Tarshish. He, he ran, he, he went to the river, uh, the ocean or whatever, he got on a boat. When he got on a boat to go toward Tarshish, Tarsus, a stor- big storm came up and the whole crew on the boat knew that God must be angry with somebody on the boat. Jonah, he steps up. He confesses after a while. He said, yes, yeah, me, guys. I'm the one. God's mad at me. God told me to do something. I said, no, God ain't doing it. Excuse me. So he said, so God is mad at me. And they was like, man, you're trying to get us all killed. So Jonah said, I tell you what, we can, we can fix this problem right now. Let's save y'all. Y'all just throw me overboard, right? So they threw Jonah off the boat. <laughs> They threw him off the boat. When they threw him off the boat, a big ship, a big fish came and swallowed Jonah up. Mm-hmm. Now he is swallowed up by a big old fish, right? And and the the the, the insides of the fish is slowly, uh, you know, if, if if the fish's digestive system is working like it's supposed to work, then that those acid, those stomach acids and everything inside the fish is slowly decided. Decide, I mean, slowly. Uh, starting to what do it eat jonah up a little bit at <laughs> a time so jonah probably in there suffering right now all Right, he probably oh my lord jesus please or, well, I don't know if you knew about Jesus back then, but he's like, oh, my Lord, please give me up out this fish. He's like, if you just give me out this, Lord, I'll just do what you tell me to do. How many times y'all been into a situation where y'all just got yourself into a big old mess and you was praying to God, Lord Jesus, please, I, you, you give me out of this, I'll never do it again. Jonah's like, Lord, please give me out this belly of this fish. He said, if you do, I'll go to Nineveh. So this fish uh, threw Jonah up. Jonah got on the land. And it says that the Bible says that he was three days away from Nineveh. He got there in one day. Jonah ran the whole way. He got there in one day. And when he got there, the book of Jonah, chapter three and verse four, if if you're taking notes down, write this down. Jonah chapter 3 and verse 4 it says this is on the day Jonah entered into the city now when he got through about by the fish he was three days away and he ran all the way he got there on one day when he got there in there one day the man didn't even check into no hotel or nothing like that he didn't even take no rest he didn't get something to eat or nothing he just started preaching right away in the middle of the streets right It says on the day that Jonah entered into the city he shouted to the crowds he says this he says 40 days from now Nineveh will be destroyed now he said a whole bunch of other stuff but that was the basis of his message. 40 days from now, this is what God told Nineveh to do. God, I mean, Jonah do. He said, Jonah, go to Nineveh. Tell them that in 40 days, I'm going to destroy their city, all right? Jonah's like, no, man, I ain't doing that. I'm going somewhere else. All right, 40 days from now, Nineveh will be destroyed is what he's preaching to the people in Nineveh. When Jonah delivered this message, the king and all the people, they believed him, and they blamed him so much to the king ordered that everybody start fasting and praying. They fasted and they prayed, even the animals. He said, no animals, no people, no kids, no children, no baby, no nobody. Nobody eat or drink nothing until until God changes his mind. He said, we're going to fast and we're going to pray until God changes his mind. God changed his mind and the people of Nineveh was saved. Amen. God did not give Jonah the details of what was going to happen, but he told him just to deliver the the message. Go Jonah, deliver the message. He didn't give him any details whatsoever. If Jonah had knew this was going to happen, all the people are going to get saved and, and everything going to be great. Jonah would be like, oh yeah, okay, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. But he had to trust the process. He wasn't trusting the process. He only God only gave him the instruction to go deliver the message. Jonah did not trust God. He did not trust. He didn't have faith that this could possibly turn out to be a good thing. He could only see the negatives in this situation. When the Holy Spirit pushes us to do something, most of us will certainly get filled with what? Uncertainty. That un- uncertainty causes all of us to be filled with doubt. It causes us to doubt that we're actually hearing from God or it will cause us to doubt the possibility of a glorious outcome we start to think that God must have be he must have made a mistake on this one right here God must have made a mistake or or uh, maybe I'm I'm just missing this somebody is missing this thing right here if we could if he could give us more details then we would make the right decision But, but that does not require for us to trust God. It doesn't require for us to trust the process. God says this. Now, He doesn't literally say this, but this is like what God said. God says, He said, I will show you step one right now. But step two and three and four and five, they'll come as you obey each step. They'll come as you complete each step. So, complete one, complete step one. Then I'll give you step two. Then complete step two. Then I'll give you step three. In order for that to happen, we have to do what? Trust the process. Our plan should be to. Our plan should be to obey God today. Amen. We cannot see the future, but we can obey God today. The book of Proverbs chapter sixteen and verse nine it said, "A man determines his plan, but it's God who orders his steps." we make a plan to obey God today. Amen. Obeying God today so that he can order our steps as we trust the process. Amen. So number two, number three, number three, give you the, the third step to help you in trusting the process. All right. The third step is this right here. It's predictable resistance. Know that there's going to be some resist, resistance, but resistance is predictable, or can be predictable. Okay, so let's go back to Acts 20, uh, verse 23. Paul is saying he says he he says I only know," he said. I don't know what's going to happen to me when we get there, when I get there. But he says that he said, I only know that in every city, the Holy Spirit warns me that prison and hardship is facing me. He knows this. He's able to predict this. He knows what's going on. He knows that, hey, man, I got some enemies back there. I got some haters back there in Jerusalem. I'm in, I'm in Greece right now. I'm in Ephesus. Everything's going great. You know, there's, so there's, a little, there's some resistance here and stuff, but things are still going good. I'm great. He said, back there? Oh, my gosh. They're killing folks back there. He said, I know because I used to be one of them. I used to go around. Paul knew he used to be going around and uh, taking Christians, you know, those Jesus people and, and, and put, putting them in jail. He was ordering them to be stoned to death. He was killing them. They still doing that in Jerusalem. He know now he's a Jesus believer. He go back to Jerusalem. He The Holy Spirit is warning him that there is some prison and some hardship that's facing him by going back to Jerusalem. But the Holy Spirit is compelling him to go back there. Paul is uncertain about what the future holds, but he is certain that he will receive some type of resistance. Mm-hmm. He no, he is certain that if this thing ain't going to be easy. There's going to be some hardship. Let me say this. Let me say this to you. If you're not ready to face opposition for your obedience to God, then you're not ready to be used by God. Wow. You're going to face some opposition. When you make a decision to follow God, when you make a decision, I'm, let's go beyond following him. When you make a decision to be obedient to God, you're going to face some opposition. And if you're not ready for that opposition, maybe you're not ready to be used by him. Amen. So get yourself ready. There are going to be times when obeying God and everything is going to flow like silk. Everything is going to be as smooth as it can be. But there's going to be some other times where things are going to get hard. You're going to face some opposition. You're not going to be able to get away with. You're going to face some hardship. So prepare yourself, prepare yourself and try to do what? Try to predict them as much as you can predictable resistance try to predict them if you can predict them if you can see them coming if you know be real about this thing then you can prepare yourself for it right not to be discouraged but to be encouraged you know some people say a lot of people say this they say when it rains it pours i like to say when it rains go dancing in it amen predictable a uh, uh, resistance amen resistance is not necessarily a sign that you're not in god's will Amen. Sometimes it's a sign that you're doing exactly what God wants you to do. Sometimes the struggles that, that, that you need to, sometimes those struggles are what you need in order to develop you, in order to build your strength because of some things that lies ahead. There's some things ahead of you and God knows and he needs to build you up. He needs to develop you and he needs to make you stronger, build up your strength in that. And sometimes that resistance will do just that. It will develop you and strengthen you for what lies ahead. It's what? It's a part Of the process, Mm -hmm. it's a part of the process, amen. So, number one, spiritual prompting, number two, certain uncertainty, and number three, predictable resistance. Number four, all right, we're almost done here, y'all. Number four is the number four thing that you can do, uh, uh, to help you in trusting the process and trusting God's process is this have. Uncommon confidence. Uncommon confidence. I hope you guys are writing these things down. Amen. So let's recap the scripture. All right. Recap the scripture. In Acts 22 through 24. The apostle Paul says this. He says, And now, compelled by the Spirit, I am going to Jerusalem, spiritual prompting, not knowing what will happen to me there, certain uncertainty. I only know that in every city, the Holy Spirit warns me that prison and hardship hardships are facing me. Predictable resistance. Number four, uncommon confidence, all right? He says here in verse number 24, he says, however, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim, my only aim, my only goal is this. Is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying uh, to the good news of God's grace. My only aim is to complete the work, to finish the work that God given me, complete the work that's before me. That's my only aim. He has this uncommon confidence that whatever it is that he's going to go through, he's going to, you know, he's going to finish the work. Amen. Paul had a level of confidence that was uncommon. Paul knew that the spirit was compelling him to leave Ephesus and go to the room. He didn't have any details uh, as to what was going to happen. Otherwise, he um, he knew that he was going to face some resistance. But through it all, he had a level of confidence that somehow uh, uh, this was God ordering his steps. He had a level of confidence that somehow, you know, his only plan His only concern was to do what? Obey God today. What was God telling him to do today? Today, Go to Jerusalem. He he didn't have any details. Go to Jerusalem. Ah, There's going to be some resistance. Go to Jerusalem. Okay, God, let's do it. Synonyms for confidence. Assurance. Certainty. Positive. Tranquil, which is a peace of mind, hopeful, confidence, persuaded, and and here's here's the last one I want to give you: full of faith. When you have this uncommon confidence, you are full of faith. Paul had an uncommon confidence that he was doing the right thing. You know, years ago, me and Marguerite, um, uh, me and Marguerite, we left the church that we it was called the little church on the hill. It was in inner city of Des Moines. Uh, Marguerite grew up there. When I moved to Des Moines, y'all, some of y'all know my aunt Lynn, uh, Andre's mom. Uh, her father-in-law was the pastor of this church. I I, I started going to the church. That's why I really found Jesus Christ. Got got my life together. Got got committed my life to Jesus Christ. Shortly, you know, after me and Marguerite got married, uh, I received a calling into the ministry. God, I felt the Holy Spirit urging me, pushing me to uh, to go into the ministry. I go into the ministry there. Uh, Pastor Crawford, my uh, my aunt Lynn's father-in-law, he licensed me into ministry. Things are going great. You know, there's there's some stuff going on. You know, everything ain't perfect, right? Ain't no church perfect. Ain't nobody perfect. And so uh, 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 here, the Holy Spirit is compelling, compelling us to leave this church that she grew up in, that I found Jesus in, that my family uh, father-in-law is pastoring. Who I got, where I got my call into ministry, was licensed into ministry. And now the Holy Spirit is compelling us to leave. To do what? To leave to go to a white church on the outskirts of the city that in a warehouse, in a warehouse, it was in a big old giant warehouse in a small little corner of the warehouse, a big giant warehouse in a small little corner, you know, a couple hundred people. a Church. Far different the way we did it, what we was accustomed to. So you, you, you mean you tell me God, Holy Spirit, you you're compelling us, you're pushing us to go to leave this and go there? Yep. We were filled with all types of uncertainty. We faced all kinds of opposition. We faced tons of resistance from our own family and from friends. And guess what? Even the Christian Black community turned their backs on us. All right, Marguerite?
0: Mm -hmm. You're right.
1: We sat in my pastor's living room telling him what we felt the Holy Spirit was prompting us to do. I told him that I only wanted to do what he taught me to do, and that was to follow God. He taught me to follow God, even if my mom and my daddy don't follow God. He said, "You follow God." This is I said. I said, Pastor, I only want to do what you taught me to do, and that is to follow God. Amen. We had no details. We knew that that, that, that uh, 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 this was an unpopular move, but we, but all we, we we were all we were concerned about was doing, was obeying God. That's all we were concerned about: obeying God all right that was it we wanted to trust god and to obey god at that time we didn't know what was going to happen in the future we didn't know all the details to it we knew there was there was some opposition we knew but we just wanted to trust god we wanted to obey god at that time god didn't give us any details the only thing he told us to do was to go god didn't give jonah any details he just said go God didn't give the Apostle Paul any details. He just said, go, go to Cornerstone Family Church. That's all he told us to do. That was uncommon confidence that we had. Uncommon confidence that we had. Where do we get it from? It it, it didn't just jump. It didn't just develop in us. We didn't just have this. It came from somewhere. Where did this uncommon confidence come from? I'm going to tell you where it came from. One of the gifts of the Holy Spirit is supernatural faith. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit gives these gifts as He wills. Y'all, y'all know what these gifts of the Spirit are. Uh, we got the gift of, of healing, the gift of miracles, the gift of prophesying, the gift of tongues, interpretation of tongues, uh, the, uh, uh, uh and the, the gift of, of, of supernatural faith. That's one of them. I know I'm missing a couple of them. But these, these gifts of the Spirit, they're supernatural gifts. There's one called supernatural faith. The Bible tells us that the Holy Spirit gives these gifts as he wills. In the right time, when you need supernatural faith, when you need uncommon confidence, the Holy Spirit will give that to you. At, at the right time, when we needed this uncommon confidence, when we needed supernatural faith, the Holy Spirit gave us to that, gave us that supernatural faith. Amen. Supernatural faith to do what? Just to obey. Just to obey what God was telling us to do at that time. Leave, go to Cornerstone. Amen. You just have to recognize it and know that it's a gift. When when you're in a, a situation, you're trying to decide which direction to go. Where does, what does God want me to do? Amen. You're trying to try to trust the process. And have this uncommon confidence. How do you do? recognize? There's a gift from the Holy Spirit. It's a gift. It's a gift. Guess what? The Holy Spirit is not going to force you to take it. He's not going to force it on you. He's not going to do something miraculous like, poof, you got supernatural faith. And you be like, oh, here we go, here we go, y'all. Here we go. <laughs> no. It's a gift. You just have to recognize when the Holy Spirit is giving you a gift. And then what do you do? You take it. I, the process of taking that gift is doing what obeying how do you take that just obey step out that's taking that gift amen we took the gift we took it and we left and he gave us this supernatural faith he gave us this uncommon confidence amen to do what to obey god for what he was telling us to do at that moment. Amen? That's what Paul was doing, obeying the Holy Spirit to do what he knew the Holy Spirit was telling him to do at that moment. And that is to leave Ephesus and go to Jerusalem. How do we become more decisive in our decision-making? Trust God's process and use these four steps to help you. Use spiritual, spiritual prompting, certain uncertainty, predictable resistance, and uncommon confidence. Amen. Amen. I'm closing with a few quotes. Y'all know I like to close with some quotes, right? So I'm closing with a few quotes. The first one is this, slow down, calm down, don't worry, don't hurry. Amen. Slow down, calm down, don't worry, don't hurry. Trust the process. That, that's a quote by Alexander Alexandra Stoddard. Another quote is this, trust the process one day at a time. One day at a time. What's for you is for you and no one can stop that. Amen, that was Tony Gaskin. Here's another one, I got two more quotes for you. And that is this, the waiting, the meantime, the in-between time, all serves a purpose. Trust the process when even the delays and the detours (laughs) there's going to be some delays and there's going to be some detours trust the process amen the last quote is this i wonder if the caterpillar knows that one day it's going to become a butterfly think about that does the caterpillar does the caterpillar
0: caterpillar
1: Caterpillar? Then That's what I said, is it? Does the caterpillar... I can't even say it. <laughs> Does the caterpillar know that one day it's going to become a butterfly? Hmm. Interesting. Trust the process.
0: If this message was a blessing to you and you would like to support this ministry in a financial way, you can donate electronically by texting to... 84321 and enter the dollar amount you'd like to donate in the message area or you can mail a check or money order to crosstown church of memphis po box 40981 memphis tennessee 38104 we invite you to visit our website at www.wearecrosstown.com for more information about our church join us for our next broadcast next sunday at 10 a.m be blessed and be better